You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I misspoke going into the break, by the way. It's a Monday. Thank you. Thank you, Sean Payton. It's a Monday. No tides baseball on Monday. It's uh it's basketball on the the airwaves coming up right after the seven five seven at six. So we have the uh, conference finals. Uh, but I do want to talk about the the tides for a minute here. We are the flagship, by the way, and uh, tomorrow you can start hearing their games uh, when their series kicks off in Memphis. Uh, the tides have the best kind of problem. Or that actually, it's really the Orioles have the best kind of problem, and the tides are obviously a part of that as their AAA. Um, they've drafted almost too well. They've developed almost too well. Now, like I say, it's it's the best kind of problem, but it's still one that needs to be negotiated, right? Uh, there's quite a few articles and 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 evaluators and analysts out there that have really good grades on a lot of the players on the tides right now. And they're the kind of grades where it's like ready to be pulled up to the majors, ready to go test them, their stuff in the big leagues. The problem is uh, the Orioles are looking back going, actually, we don't need you. Right? A, the Orioles are playing really well. Uh, B, all of the play, not all of them, but a lot of the players on the Orioles were not long ago above the players on the Tides now in the minor leagues. And they're they're still young, and they're futures of the 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 team. They don't need off days. They uh, are in there for the reps, and they're very good. So it's it's like we don't need you, and we might not need you for a while, which is a really difficult thing to tell a prospect. But also like first world problems, right? Like oh, you have too many players that are ready to step into big league roles. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. But because of that, the Tides are doing things like uh, Jordan Westberg, who's one of their top prospects in the minors as an infielder, is starting to get some work as an outfielder because he's looking around going, well, Gunnar Henderson and, and uh, I mean, uh, Mountcastle playing well at first, but I'm not even a first baseman. And, and, and you can go on and on down the depth chart. And it's like, I think there might be an easier path to the bigs as a utility guy or as a uh, maybe a straight-up outfielder. So, uh, you know, get in where you fit in style of deal. But then there's this other option. And this other option is if you're the Orioles and you you stick in the standings kind of where you are, right, you continue winning. I'm talking about the big league club, even though the, the minor league club is also winning. Uh, but if you continue winning – Right, right now they're in second in the 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 East, but um, you know you get into the wild cards, they're they're easily in the number one spot right now, uh, by three and a half four games. If you if if you start believing that you're a contender, and and this would not be fun, but let's just let's let's rip the bandaid off. If you start believing you're a contender, like a true go win a championship contender. At what point do you look around on the veteran market and say, 
We've got a ton of young guys that a lot of these teams would be very interested in having, and and we might be able to get that one or two piece that can can complete our unit here and really give us a chance at going after some hardware. And I'm I'm not talking about selling cheap either, right? Because like I said, these these players with the tides and even even going down into the single and double A part of the 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 farm system, they're high pedigree. High draft picks, they're developing well, like they're doing everything that you'd want them to do. So I'm not saying sell for for scraps here. I'm not saying we have a surplus. So like it, this isn't the uh, you know stereotypical used car salesman that's like we have more cars than we have spaces in the lot, and we need you to come buy, buy, buy. That's why we're slashing prices left and right. I'm not saying that at all, right? Don't slash the prices. But I'm saying if you can get a true difference, like an all-star difference maker off a team that's kind of punting their season. And I'm not talking even about like a 40-year-old all-star. I'm talking about somebody with some years left on a reasonable contract. You have to consider that. And you have to find a team, and they're probably not willing to admit it yet. Uh, But there will be teams out there closer to the deadline that are saying, you know, doesn't look like we're a contender and our our farm system doesn't look like there's any help coming anytime soon. That's where you start to get to the win-win deals, right? Where it's like, hey, listen, we have prospects that could be that help coming soon for you. Meanwhile, we need that, you know, the one player that's performing really well for you and is kind of squandering on a non-playoff roster. If we can scratch backs here, we we might be okay. That is a very interesting predicament to be in, especially because so much of the Orioles' identity over the last three or four years has been, well, we're not the best team in the world, but wait till you see what's coming, right? Well, we're not the best team in the world, but Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez and like all of these players that have climbed all the way to the tippy-tippy top of the prospect rankings, just wait till you see. And now they're a good team, but they still have an element of that. It's like, yeah, we're good now, but also wait till you see what we have coming. And and at a certain point, it's like, well, we've waited a while and it's, there's just no room, right? Like, like there, there could be a couple Matt Castles is what I'm saying. You know who Matt Castle is, right? Matt Castle is, is a quarterback that was drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round despite never playing in college. He had like 33 attempts of backup ball, uh, just you know, blowouts and 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 mop-up duty because he backed up, I believe, Carson Palmer and Matt Liner at USC. So he got drafted anyway. USC's got to be thinking around like, man, I really wish we could have traded him for like a receiver or something. If, if we had a sixth-round pick on the bench, it would have been great if we could have, you know, sent him somewhere for a player to be named later. Uh like if 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 the Orioles have Matt Liner and Gunnar Henderson, and they have Matt Castle in the form of of somebody like Westberg, are you really getting the best value out of him by shifting him to a position that's not his natural, or just letting him be a backup until Henderson moves on or or finishes, which could be ten twenty years from now. Who knows? Or could you say, hey, let's trade him for a receiver? You know, do do you need a, an arm out of the bullpen, a starter, right? Like go 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 shopping. What do you need? You're 31 and 16 right now. That's real. I mean, 31. 
Your run differential, plus 41. Like, you're you're making some things happen here. By the way, can we just take a quick side tangent? The Oakland A's are a mess. I can't, I can't escape these thoughts. Anytime I bring up the standings, it's just like, whoa. They are 10 and 38. Their run differential is minus 168 runs. The next closest is the Royals, minus 71. They are essentially 100 runs worse than the next worst in the American League. And and there's no one even close in the National League. It's not good. That is, I mean, that is embarrassing. Goodness gracious. They're like every single statistic, they are just the worst in the league at. That's horrendous. It's it's jarring when you look at the standings. You just see numbers that are so big. You're like, oh, that must be a typo. Then you look and it all adds up, and you're like, nope, that is not a typo. Five and twenty at home. The good news is they're five and eighteen on the road. Better win percentage. But I give them two more games on the road. I'll get there. Orioles, by the way, much better in just about every category, which is why we're having the conversation that we're having. Uh, and I, and again, just to be clear, I don't want to see Westbrook leave the organization. I don't want to see any of those guys, the the talented youngsters, leave the organization. But what are you going to do? Right? Life is what life is. Tim Donnelly show was earlier today. The 757 at 6 is going on right now on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Speaking of baseball, there is, you know, we'll, we'll go full uh we'll go full Spider-Man with it. With great salary comes great responsibility. A statistical anomaly anomaly happened yesterday with a former ODU uh pitcher. So we'll, we'll get to that coming up next to ground. The only place that gives you 757 high school and college sports talk on a nightly basis. The 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6 here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can follow us on Instagram at Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You can follow me at Donnelly Sports. I want to hear the Instagram sound. Social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Sometimes I try to try to throw Robbie for a loop on that one. Toilets. Nothing but toilets. Is that your payback? Yep. I, I, I don't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with toilets. Nothing but nothing. toilets. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. No one's ever said we have too many. Never. Every, every once in a while you hear of like a pro athlete buying their mansion and it's like four bedrooms, 12 bath. And I'm like, well, must be rich. Right, it's never never too many. Uh, sometimes it's a little superfluous, but hey, never too many. Um, with great salary comes great responsibility. Right, it's, it's the Spider-Man equivalent of, of professional sports. Um, that n- has never shown more than yesterday for Justin Verlander, former ODU pitcher, and and Max Scherzer in the New York Mets. They played a doubleheader against the Cleveland Guardians. In those two games, they, uh, they had Max Scherzer and they had Justin Verlander on the mound. Those two have the highest per year salaries in Major League Baseball history. Tied. They each make $43.3 million per year, which I can do quick math on that one. 
The two combined for $86.6 million this year. So in a double header, the, the New York Mets rolled out $86.6 million worth of starting pitching. Now, this is where the, the, the numbers get a little wonky. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians have 90 million, 90.5 in total payroll, which means just the, not even the pitching staff, just the starting pitchers for the New York Mets in their doubleheader essentially equaled the entire payroll of the Cleveland Guardians. You better win those games, right? With great salary comes great responsibility. And uh, the Mets were able to win 5 4, although Scherzer did not get the win. And then 2 1 in the second game, and, and Justin Verlander did get the win. Um, I say all of that to say this sometimes you forget, right? Verlander, because he's been in the league for so darn long, and because. He, Act like there's a player that has lived as many Major League Baseball lives as Justin Verlander. The the Tigers version of Verlander, where he was the MVP of the league. Not I'm not talking Cy Young. I'm talking he won the MVP, overpowering, right? One of the first guys to routinely go 100 plus, like as a starter. That feels like it's one career. Then there's the 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 bouncing around a bit, and he ends with the 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 Astros. That's another career. Then he gets hurt and he's coming back after missing essentially two whole seasons with injuries. He's having a third career. And then you have to go and say, well, his college career was with ODU. And, and you know, baseball, for whatever reason, probably because there is um, a, like a longer expected time from being drafted or being picked up until you you get to the bigs, they don't seem to mention the colleges often. But but ODU's got to keep reminding everybody that the highest per year contract in Major League Baseball history goes to a former ODU monarch, right? Like like Verlander is making forty three point three million dollars per year. There is a Major League Baseball team right now that, as a whole, makes sixty point six million dollars per year. It's the Oakland Athletics. So as we discussed earlier, we might be loosely using the term a major league baseball team. But but like Scherzer and Verlander are in a a category of their own right now as far as starting pitching and it is a statistical anomaly that they ended up pitching on the same day for the same team uh against a team whose payroll is essentially equal to theirs. But actually we're kind of lucky it was the Cleveland Guardians cuz they have, there are four teams out there that make less than just those two pitchers. The Oakland Athletics, the Baltimore Orioles, who are the leader, as we just mentioned, in the wild card race, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are one of the best teams in baseball, and the Pittsburgh Pirates also, uh, all make between 60 and $75 million in total payroll. And, and Scherzer and Verlander alone, 86.6. Can you imagine if, like, I don't know, equated to another sport. If if LeBron and AD were making $90 million between the two of them and the Pistons were making 60? What? If if Kelsey and Mahomes were making $85 million and the Texans were making 60? 
and and one of like do you do you realize if that happened how often Texas Tech and Cincinnati would be reminding us that Mahomes went to Texas Tech and like by the way today uh, OTA started right in the NFL optional team activities as Patrick Mahomes was walking into the building what was he wearing a Texas Tech hoodie now I don't know if Texas Tech you know paid him to wear it I doubt they did but I guarantee you they sent it to him if I'm if I'm ODU and I know that that baseball uh, uh, budgets are different. I don't know how much it costs. I'm having a different bit of bit of gear landing on on Justin Verlander's doorstep every day. I want him walking into the arena wearing or into the stadium walking wearing a ODU hoodie. What after the game after the second doubleheader last night? You can go back and find it. Uh, Francisco Lindor was speaking to ESPN. He was doing like the post game interview thing with the headset on the field. And Justin Verlander went running up and interrupted and told him, come on, like, stop the interview. Let's go. And he was rushing him out of there. I would have done everything I possibly could. And he had his jersey off. Had an under, If that undershirt said ODU, probably not allowed, right? Probably has to be team issued. But he's got the money to pay the fine. I'm always – this is probably one of the things I took away most from playing college sports is my brain is always thinking how can you turn that into a recruiting how can you turn that into recruiting and even more so with name image and likeness and with all these things how can you turn that into fundraising how can you turn that into collective fundraising how can you turn that into boostering right how can you turn that into asking for money i don't know about you but i don't like asking for money it's weird it's a it's a strange vibe right it's it's it just never suited me I would much rather have something to start the conversation with, right? I wouldn't want to knock, knock, knock. Hi, you went to ODU. Can I have money? I'd much rather it be, hi, you know, we're trying to develop the next Justin Verlander. To do that, we need some facility upgrades for the baseball stadium. Hi, can I have some money? Like that's always how it ends, but there's, there's different ways to get there. And also, hi, Justin. Can I have some money? You have to ask. You have to ask. He's making $43.3 million this year. Can we get the point three? Can we get the rounding error on your contract? Please? Anything? I'm sure he is giving. I don't want to shame him. I don't know how, how that financials is working. But 43.3, goodness gracious. And they did win. So... He's back from injury, which is nice. He's now playing for the Mets, so I assume injury is always kind of lurking. He came back from injury, no setbacks, finished the game, got the win, was in good spirits, as I mentioned, interrupting interviews after the game. We're always pulling for for our ODU uh, alum to, to, to go on and, and achieve things at the highest levels. Verlander's one of the best at it, and uh, at this point in his career, I think you know the only thing that ever holds him back is this injury because he's that much of a professional pitcher at this point in his career. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Chris Sims puts out one of the most highly scrutinized quarterback lists every year in the NFL. Uh, He ranks the top 40. He's revealed part of that list. Taylor Heineke, he's on it. We'll tell you where he slots in coming up next. It's the 757 at 6, talking local high school and college sports on your number one local sports station, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
757 at 6, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler still here, and he will be uh, closing out the show with Robbie's Roundout in a few minutes. In the meantime, Chris Sims, former uh, Texas quarterback, former NFL quarterback, son of Phil Sims, puts out a top 40 quarterback list every offseason, and, and it's highly scrutinized, and um, C- Chris is not afraid to take some chances which I respect, right? He's been very wrong before, but he's also been right on some big things. So, you know, he trusts his eyes. He's he's very much not somebody that is, um, you know, just kind of aggregating top lists from around the internet and claiming them as his own. He'll go out on a, on a limb. He also reveals them in excruciatingly slow fashion, uh, like, you know, a trickle. A couple here, a couple there, a couple here. Well, he's he's released up to a few. Taylor Heineke has been named, as has Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke's replacement in Washington. We're going to dive into the Sam Howell side of things a bit more tomorrow on the Tim Donnelly Show, so check that out. Uh, Heineke comes in at 33. The 33rd, and that's that's every quarterback in the league, 33rd best quarterback in the league, which at minimum puts him as the best backup in the league. And if there's ahead of him any team that has multiple, like, for example, uh, the one player better than him, like the one one better than him on the list, at 32 is Jared Stidham, who is a backup quarterback for Denver. With with Stidham, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that Russell Wilson is in the top 31. He hasn't released the whole list. I'm assuming he's not putting Stidham ahead of Russell Wilson. I don't know. Russ could be at like 41. Yeah, there's poss- I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibilities, but if we assume Russell Wilson is in the top uh whatever, 20, 25. Then that means Heineke should be a starter, right? Because Stidham and, and Russell are on the same team. That is using logic that is probably a bit flawed, but it, there's some logic there. All right, because the flaw would be that's assuming that the 32 best quarterbacks are always starting. And as we know, that's not always the case, right? Because Taylor Heineke is also above players like Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, who, sure, if you had to win a game tomorrow, you might rather have Heineke. However, those players with reps and practice and experience are expected to zoom past him on that list. And and that's where the like the difference comes in, right? Bryce Young is going to start. He might not be one of the 32 best quarterbacks walking the planet right now, but part of the reason he's going to start is because they anticipate him growing into one of the top 10 quarterbacks on the planet and and staying there for a long time. So, so there are some flaws in the logic. However, top 33 for Taylor Heineke is nice. If you're if you stay in that that 33, if you stay in in a little better, a little worse, you stay in the league, right? The 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 33rd best quarterback in the world, and I don't care if it's for the right now or you're looking long to, like that player is, amongst many other things, employable. And, and in many cases for the NFL quarterbacks, it is a marathon, not a sprint. You stay in the league long enough to continue getting opportunities to prove yourself and you hope that, at some point along the way, opportunity, preparedness, luck, meet in in a place where you level up. And and if there's one thing you can say about Taylor Heineke is that guy takes advantage of opportunities. 
right? Because there's there's been multiple times where he was one bad game away or one bad practice away from being out of the league forever. And and he's seized enough of those opportunities to, again, if nothing else, be recklessly and unbelievably employable. Because the, the, the other thing that, that these lists always point out to me, because a lot of times when we talk quarterbacks, we talk in, in abstracts. Is he elite? Is, is he a franchise quarterback? Is, like all of, is he premier? Is he, is he top shelf? Right? All, all these. Sometimes you just need to remind yourself. Taylor Heineke is one of the 33, according to Chris Sims, who puts this list together every single year and knows the scrutiny that comes with it and puts a lot of thought into it. Taylor Heineke is one of the 33 best in the world right now at doing one of the hardest things in sports. And oh, by the way, he played for a long time right here in the in the 757 at ODU. And, and you know, as Dr. Wood Selig, the ODU athletic director, who we have on the show often reminds us, every time he plays, it is a three or four hour infomercial for ODU. Like I... I I have this phenomenon with with my own alma mater, Delaware, quite often, where it's like, oh, Rich Gannon won an MVP, played for the same school at the same position I did. There's only 57 or whatever it is MVPs in the history, and that's that's not even including multiple MVPs. There's like 40, maybe less, 35 MVPs in the history of NFL football, and one of them played at my – like that is very, very small. As of right now, there are not 30 – There are not 33 people better in the world right now than Taylor Heineke at playing quarterback, according to Chris Sims. Doesn't that blow your mind? Like who, like in America, there is probably not many people that at one point in time didn't pick up a football and see if they were good at slinging it. And out of all those people, you know, a handful get to be Pop Warner quarterbacks, a handful of those get to be high school quarterbacks, a handful of those get to be college quarterbacks, and I wouldn't even say a handful. I would say like, uh, the, the, just a couple of drops get to be professional quarterbacks. And out of all of those, Heineke right now is pretty darn elite. Which is why I think it's hilarious that we argue about who's elite and who's not. It's like if you've ever put on that jersey, you're elite. If if you are hanging around in the league for a long time, you are unbe- like you are a statistical anomaly. And Taylor Heineke for Atlanta right now, even as a backup, is elite and do you know what else we should point out now that i say he's on atlanta guess who's number 40 on the list the guy who's number one on the atlanta depth chart desmond ritter taylor heineke 33 the guy he's backing up 40 now again they expect desmond ritter to develop and they're not saying he's you know as good as he is right now but if there's a little uh trouble in paradise or trouble in hot Atlanta early in that season Lists like this are what fans are going to point to when they say, why don't we see what that other guy has to go with? And Or if there's an injury to Ritter, B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Taylor Heineke might look pretty good. That's all I'm saying. 33 might look like an understatement. That's all I'm saying. And we'll talk about Sam Howell being 39 on that list with Heineke being 33 tomorrow on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, for me... That's going to about do it. I'm Tim Donnelly. Uh, Robbie's going to close out the show with something we call Robbie's Roundout coming up next. And then we have uh, Conference Finals NBA Basketball coming up on 94.1 after 
that. As I said, I misspoke earlier. The Tides baseball will be tomorrow night. Uh, but the Tim Donnelly Show will be tomorrow at 3, so we'll see you then. Until then, enjoy Robbie's Roundout. I'll see you tomorrow. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup. Or wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right, this is the 757 at 6 Robbie's Roundout. Robbie Vogler is the name they put on my uh, on my business card. So that's the name I go by. Sometimes it's Big Red, sometimes it's Robbie, sometimes it's just straight up Vogler. Either way, hope you are doing well. Happy Monday to you all. It is fantastic to be with you. And tomorrow kicks off something we've been waiting for and we've been talking about. And I don't want to put a bow on the season quite yet, so that's why I'm not going to talk about the... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, The awards. There we go. That's the right word. Congratulations. I got to put this out there. ODU baseball finished their their regular season over the weekend. They dropped two out of three against Georgia State. And here we are tomorrow. JMU. The Royal Rivalry continues at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. And this time, the stakes are are turned all the way up to 10. And I'm not saying that because ODU is the 10 seed out of 10 in the conference tournament. I'm saying this is win or go home. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Dream Lawns text line is always open 757 94 94 before we get into previewing tomorrow and and how things kind of sit as they are in the Sunbelt Comp- uh, conference tournament Hunter Fitzgerald and Sam Armstrong obviously both congratulations are in order a uh, a very successful year for both of them Fitzgerald a first team all conference and Sam Armstrong a second team all conference. So uh, congratulations to both of you. But let's talk about, we'll get to that more. We'll, we'll dive into the, the accomplishments and the accolades a little bit later this week um, when, when we're, when we're kind of wrapping up the season as a whole. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about something cool. Uh, a very, you know, just kind of give you a little tease for tomorrow's Robbie's Roundout. Something that Old Dominion Women's Soccer has done that I don't think gets enough praise. We've talked about it before on the program and in this segment, but we're going to talk about that in more detail tomorrow right here, right around the same time as we normally are right here on the 757 at 6. So tomorrow, Old Dominion faces off against James Madison. ODU is the 10th seed. JMU is the 7th seed. And I'll tell you this. What they're doing is somewhat similar to the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The NBA play-in. Tomorrow is the play-in tournament for four of these teams. Old Dominion seated against James Madison. Georgia Southern seated against Georgia State. 
Oldman and obviously coming off a, a, a tough weekend against Georgia State. They dropped two of three to James Madison just a couple of weeks ago. Have not looked great since the beginning of April, and they are looking to kind of make this run going into the postseason because with the, the thing with these games, most of the tournaments are our double elimination. Once you get to the tournament, Sunbelt Conference tournament, you have a play-in for the top or for the bottom four seeds. If you win, you are in, and your you your season continues to remain alive. You got a chance, continued chance, to uh, to make it to the NCAA tournament. So ODU plays JMU, and JMU actually just finished up a series against Georgia Southern over the weekend, which is kind of funny that these two teams are playing each other that JMU just finished with Georgia Southern and Georgia state just finished with ODU. And now all four of those teams are now in the play in tournament. Now this being interesting because they play tomorrow, 3 PM central time. So 4 PM local time. It'll be over on the, uh, on, on 13, 10 AM. And you can hear all the play by play. I'm sure Ted Alexander will have you covered, but that being said, old dominion has a chance to kind of rewrite their, their season. I I've been very critical of, of how they've, how they've performed this year. I've been very critical on how they've attacked this second half of the baseball season. And I'll tell you this, everything can be valid if they lose against JMU. But if you want me to forget about everything I've said, if you want me to kind of go back on my words, eat a little crow, you go in tomorrow down in Alabama and you beat the number seven seed, your arch rival. You are supposed to be a rivalry against James Madison. You should be going into next week's into tomorrow's matchup with some of the, what's the word I'm looking for? You should be going into tomorrow's matchup with the intensity that you haven't had all year. And not saying that the regular season doesn't matter, but the regular season does not matter once the playoffs start. We see it so much with teams and teams that the regular season just doesn't matter. Right now, what you've done the last games of the year, what you've done throughout the whole rest of the season does not matter right now. You went 32 and 22. That does not matter. What matters is what you do tomorrow moving forward. And I'll tell you this, I encourage Old Dominion baseball fans, Old Dominion baseball Whoever is out there to watch them, to support them. If you live in Alabama, go see the game. Because they need your support. They've worked so hard all season long. And and I'm not going to say that, that JMU doesn't want this just as much as Old Dominion. But JMU is coming off a two out of three losses against Georgia Southern, who you beat in a series earlier this year. What you can't have happen is what happened earlier just a couple of weeks ago in that one in the, on Friday, May 12th. You can't go out 25 to six. You can't do that. You cannot let JMU score 16 runs on you in the first four innings of the game. 
They are going to come in as the the favorites. Just deal with it. They're going to come down as the favorites and they're not going to they're going to want to upset your season. They are going to want to send you home packing. The winner of that game, I do believe, goes on to face the number 1 seed Coastal Carolina on Wednesday. But that being said, you win tomorrow against JMU. You keep your hopes. You keep your season alive. And this is your chance to prove every to prove me wrong. And I, I'll tell you this right now. I hope I am so wrong. I hope I open up these airwaves tomorrow. And Old Dominion is taking care of business because they'll be right in the middle of the game. Hopefully right at the end of it. They will be taking care of business against James Madison. I hope I see it. I hope I'm wrong about everything that I've said this this second half of the year. That the intensity that they come out with, I hope their bats get get some life. It's that second life we hope you get. And I'm hoping we see that come tomorrow. It's all or nothing. It's win or go home. And I can tell you this, Old Dominion didn't just buy a one-way ticket. They probably bought round-trip tickets down there. Which means if they lose tomorrow, they're going to have to stay down there till the end of the tournament, and that's no fun. So I really hope that Old Dominion gets some some work done. Again, we are we're going to when we get on the air tomorrow for Robbie's roundout, the game will be about 2 thirds or maybe almost over. So we're going to be able to react in real time on how I thought they've performed on their, hopefully, not their final game of the year. And I hope I'm wrong through everything that I've said all day long because it's one of those things where I I want Old Dominion to keep playing. And I hope they do. That's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6 and Robbie's Roundout. Don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can follow me as well at Robbie Vogler. That's at Robbie Vogler, R O B B I E V O G L E R. Shoot me a tweet, a follow, a mention, whatever the heck you do. It'd be great to hear from you on there. Old Minion kicks off tomorrow, 4 p.m. That's right, 4 p.m. tomorrow, right on 1310. Tim Donnelly show tomorrow right here at 3 p.m., just like normal. Actually, that's right. Yeah, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Getting my days mixed up. Until then, we will talk to you tomorrow. For Tim Donnelly, I'm Robbie Vogler saying so long. Have a great night. Talk to you later. See ya!